0: And uh, this is where we're reuniting Jacob and Esau, or Israel and Esau, and it is an exciting passage. As we saw yesterday, Jacob thought that Esau was coming to kill him, and uh, when he arrived, it was a it was a heartfelt, loving reunion. And uh, now Esau is going to be introduced to Jacob's family, and uh, it is important in relationships in life oftentimes families are destroyed by the actions of young people in their in when they're very young and that leads to a lifetime of bitterness and it leads to a lifetime of separation and ultimately it leads to families not having a close personal relationship with each other as you go on down through the generations. Now, a lot of that happens just naturally because of distance and because families grow and get to the place where they have their own things going on. And so life just carries them on into a different direction and a different purpose. But um, obviously, the separation that's taken place between Jacob and Esau over the last 20 years is a separation based off of, a wrong that was done to Esau by Jacob. In fact, uh, the last time they were together, Esau had uh, vowed that he would kill Jacob if he was given the chance. And uh, when you have those type relationships, they can be very well they can be very negative. They can be very destructive. They can they can cause families not to have the full strength and power of being together and i will say this about i will say this about families god gave us our families in order for us to have his for us to have his protection for us to have the good that comes from them and seeing them grow and mature and become and realizing that's possible for us and that god has made that reality true for all of us And just because you make an issue with a brother or a sister or a cousin or an aunt or an uncle does not mean that you need to just cast them aside as as just yesterday's trash. That's just not a good idea for you because oftentimes, especially if these people are believers, and maybe even more especially if they're not believers, and you are a believer, they are in many ways your treasure and they may be also your strength and they may also be your power down the road. Family, generally speaking, when there's forgiveness, when there's hope given, when there's purpose available in life, generally speaking, family, when that happens, provides things that the world will not provide. They will not give you. Now, If you have a strong family that takes care of each other, looks out for each other, calls each other on issues and tries to help each other become better and more, so many times that's what is the issue. Call somebody out and then they take offense and rather than reflecting and being changed, we just uh, we just sink back into what we were and what we have been. Remember, families have positives and things that are wonderful about them. They have traits. Families pass down traits that are good and wholesome and powerful. And they also pass down the sin of the fathers, passed to the second, third generation. That is the verse right before the Ten Commandments. But the grace of God's to a thousand generations. How do we get the grace of God to, to a thousand generations in our family? The, what we do is we receive all. all All the good things that God has given us, the grace that God has provided us through our parents and our grandparents, the things that God has made in us that are strong and powerful, that are spiritually true and spiritually purposeful, we we take those things and receive them, and you know what those are for your family you know what they are. You can look at your parents, and if you'll be sober and take a hard look at your parents and your grandparents and look for the things that are godly and the things that are strong and the things that are wonderful, and if you'll receive those things to yourself, that you have a special anointing in them. They can be even more powerful and more strong in you. Likewise, The sin that our parents have are passed down to the second, third generation also if we do not seek and engage the grace of God when we're dealing with those things. We have to reject those things that are the stumbling blocks of our parents and our grandparents and choose the great and wonderful and powerful things that God is doing with our family. And this is an important principle, and so many families never ever take on the really good things that God gives gives them because they are so busy fighting and bitter over the things that are not from God, the things that are passed down, generational sin, generational binding that takes place, and it really is. It just binds a family up. And you know those things for your family, those things that generationally hold your family and separate them. And when we're dealing with these things, we have to love each other through the troubles and the sorrows and the generational bindings, the generational curses, the generational sin. And we have to promote and push each other toward good things, toward strong things, toward powerful things. And I'm going to tell you, those both of those exist in every family. And they exist on into adulthood. And a lot of times when we get to be adults, we just don't want to deal with that anymore because we dealt with it when we were growing up. But now you're capable of dealing with it. Now you're capable of making those things that are good, powerful. And you're capable of making those things that are not good and not wholesome and not strong to reject them and allow the grace of God to change and make that difference in your family. Why why not do it now? Why not accept that? And for my daughters, I know that they're growing and becoming and trying to figure out who they are and where they are in this world and what God made them for. And they have great giftings and great strengths. And uh, those are real evident in, in how they're serving God even in their lives right now. And so I give them a lot of license To like me. And I'm in that evaluation stage, not the teenage evaluation stage where they just really hate you, but I'm in that young adult evaluation stage where they're evaluating the things they like and the things that they don't like, the things that they perceive to be strengths and the things that they perceive to be sin. And I give them license and they can crack on me a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? When you're older, when your kids get a little bit older, they uh, begin to call you out on a few things. I give them a little license to do that. Why? Because I want them to grab hold of the things that they see in mine and my wife's life that are strong. And I want them to to reject the things that they see that are not strong and not good and not from God. And so they need that opportunity. They need that little bit of a license to make that evaluation. And uh, sometimes it might even help me out a little bit. Don't tell them I said that now. But it might help me out a little bit also. It says in verse 5, And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are those with thee? And this is Esau speaking. And Esau's now meeting, he's meeting his nieces and nephews. He's meeting his his sister-in-laws. And so he's getting to know his family, which he's been, he's because of the pain of the past, that relationship has not existed for 20 years. I want you to think about that. This family has not had the opportunity to have that strength and have that growth for 20 years, he's not been able to invest into his, his nephews and nieces' lives for that period of time. He's not been able to know his sister in laws and get an idea of who his brother has become based off of those relationships. He's been, he's missed out and so has Jacob and so has Jacob's children. He said, who are those with thee? And he said, the children which God hath graciously given thy servant. Notice Jacob is continuing to be Israel. He's continuing to be that man of grace. He's continuing to be that man who's now been changed by God. And he realizes that his children and his family are given to him by the grace of God. And when you take that view of life, because listen, it's hard to live with people. It is. I would like just to not live with people sometimes. I'm I know I seem like I'm very extroverted, but on the inside, I'm very introverted. I would rather just be by myself for most of the time. And the truth is, that's not good. We need to be around family, and family can aggravate you to death. And that is a, that's a southern term, a southern phrase. They can aggravate you to death. They just aggravate, and they can. And you know what usually aggravates you the most about your family? I don't know if you know this or not, but it's usually the thing that you don't like about yourself. Did you know that? You picked the parrot that you didn't get along with the most, the one that you butted heads with as you were growing up. And most people will tell you that you're probably more like that one than the other one. And the reason you didn't like them and you butted heads with them is because you looked at them, saw the things in you that you don't like because you were so much like them and you didn't like it about yourself. That being said, if you can get past that and say, okay, these are things I don't like, but you can look and say, these are the things I do. These are the things that make my dad or my mom something special or my aunt or my uncle or my cousin. These are the things that, that make them special. Then you can strengthen that. You can find something powerful about yourself and you can begin to realize, remember, as you have the grace of God, it increases in its anointing and its power through the generations. You need to get that. If your dad or mom had an anointing or a power in a certain area of their life, a grace gift in their life, a gift of hope or power, it will be greater in you. It will be. It'll be stronger. It can. That anointing can be more powerful in you than it is in them. And we see that as a scriptural understanding all the time we see that as an idea that comes from god's word all the time and so you ought to engage those things that are that you are like your parents that are good and powerful you you ought to put them to work heavy and hard why because that's your gift from god it's your family gift that god's given you for and some people say i don't grow up with a family that had any grace because they didn't know god remember you're the first fruit And remember, God loves first fruit. He loves first fruit. He loves... He loves that initial person from a family. He loves snatching one from the gates of hell from a family and changing the whole family. And even though you might not have those grace gifts, you have that initial gift of God's grace in a family, and it has power that comes with it. When we deal with God and when we deal with our families, we need to realize, boy, we've got some great and wonderful things that God is doing for us in those families, and we need to get past the wrongs of the past. Can we get past the past? Can we forgive? Can we release? Can we let it go? I think we can. And not only do I think we can, I know we can. And if Jacob and Esau could let it go, surely you can let it go. And yes, I did call you Shirley. And maybe a couple of you are, but most of you are not Shirley. He said, and Leah, he said, then the handmaids came near, they and their children, and they bowed down to themselves. These are introductions. Notice there's, there's humility, there's love there, and Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves, and after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. There's a wonderful a homecoming, a wonderful introduction going on there. And he said, what meanest thou by all this drove which I met? Remember, he sent out all the animals as peace offerings to him. What he's saying is, why did I meet all these groups of animals on the way up in front of me? And he said, and after came Joseph, he says, and he said, what meanest thou? And he said, this is Jacob. He said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. What he's saying is I'm giving you this because I want to receive that grace and I've been talking about that. He said I want that relationship back. I want that I want to be able to get the grace of God that comes from that relationship I want to do that and you know that that is the way we ought to do we ought to make peace offerings. We ought to make overtures of love to each other even if you don't have a good relationship with someone in your family. You ought to make an overture of love and you get those opportunities. You get those opportunities when people pass away. You get those opportunities when people are sick and as we head into the holiday season during this time of year for us, you get those opportunities during holidays and you can make those overtures of peace and those overtures of love and those overtures of grace to your family members because there are special times during the year and special times during life that God always opens the door of opportunity for us to Make those overtures of love and peace, which we ought to do. I want you to hear me today. Uh, I'm not sure if this podcast is going to be reaching you during the holiday season or you might be listening to it five, six years from now and realizing certain things about your life. But God gives us seasons. God gives us times and seasons to make things right and to build those relationships back up and to relieve and to receive those gifts of grace from our family. And those happen a lot of times. When family members pass away, they happen a lot of times when we're during the holiday season. They happen a lot of times when somebody in the family is really in a struggle and a difficulty and the family has to come together to help them and take care of them. They, they happen during those seasons and during those time periods, and you need to see them as opportunities in order to engage and to make things new and to make things whole and to make things right with your family. And when you have that wisdom to do that, And when you have that grace to do that you're going to receive great blessing from it and you should do it i can't encourage you enough that you should be doing that and he said and esau said i have enough my brother keep that thou hast unto thyself what he's saying is keep what you got i don't need it i've got plenty and jacob said no i pray thee if now i have found grace in your sight then receive my present at my hand what he's saying is Take what I'm offering to you, receive what I'm giving to you, for therefore I have seen thy face as thou hast seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. What he's saying is, I've seen you, now we're back together, and I've seen that that we have that relationship that we ought to have had for the last 20 years, and he said, I want you to take these gifts because they're the gifts of grace that God has given me. And I want you to experience my grace. And those gifts of grace that God has given us, we ought to share with our family. We ought to give them those gifts of grace the same as we give to others. And that's what he's saying here. Jacob or Israel, I need to give you the gifts of grace that, that God has given me over the last 20 years. I want you to experience them. I want you to enjoy them. And I want you to take on the things that are powerful and great in your life. And he says, take, I pray my blessings that this is brought to thee because God had dealt graciously with me and because I have enough and he urged him and he took it. And ultimately that's how the grace of God does work. That's how God makes things happen in our lives. That good and powerful and strong is that we walk through life, we grow, we become, and those who ought to benefit the most are our family members. They ought to benefit from the grace of God at work in our lives the most. And and so I would encourage you to make that happen, to make sure that your children and your grandchildren, that your mothers and your grandparents, that your aunts and uncles and your cousins, that they have an opportunity to experience the grace of God at work in your life and at work in in what's going on with you, because they may need it. In fact, they probably do need it. In fact they probably are desperate for it and you know what you're the vessel of that grace and so don't miss out on the great gift god has given you a family and don't miss out on the great gift god has given you of his grace being made available to them it's not only a grace to you it's a grace to them and make sure that you're always looking for those opportunities to give grace to give love to give hope to your family members even the ones you've had the most trouble with, the most difficulty with growing up. Remember, you were immature back then too, not just them. You allowed your emotions to rule the day, and your emotions had not been molded in God's image like they are right now. You can give grace that, that was unexpected to them, and that it will be unexpected to them. And it might actually change not only your life It might also change their lives, and it might change your family forever. So I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you'll do that. And I know that you have the strength and power to do that. And so why not do that? Why waste these great opportunities God's given us to be grace to the families that we have and to the people that God has given us in our lives to walk alongside us through life?